Welcome back to another edition of Talk So Real. I'm so glad you're here with us today, tuned in uh, every time. Today's real special. We're getting around Texas a little bit. We got away from the uh, the desk, and uh, we're down here at another desk <laughs> in uh, Corpus Christi with my brother, L. Dusty. What's up, hey, man? Hey, what up, G? This is crazy to be in your studio once again, and, but we're finally getting to sit down and do the uh, podcast. It's been a long time coming, for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. I was... Uh, I'm so out of it. As far, I mean, I'm getting older, man. I'm not up on everything like I used to be with that. And you were t- telling me about the Sombrero Galaxy project, which I guess is your latest, mm-hmm. or something that just came out. Oh. Now, oh. would you say that, because uh, I feel like we're going to get into everything and talk about what you've been doing and things, but are your roots based in hip hop? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like yeah. early on, that's, that was definitely. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. My uh, My first instrument was an MPC 2000. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a CS1X Yamaha keyboard, um, and I was making hip hop beats. My mom had like this humongous record collection that I inherited, and uh, <clears throat> I was just sampling. Like mm-hmm. uh, I was really into digging for samples, even like samples that people have used before. Just kind of like learning the origins of where they're at, and and uh, wrapping my head around uh, that people were making. This is how people make beats. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, my first start was hip hop. I was in a I was in a, a group called Fugitive Radio with Drophy and a couple other guys. Oh man! And um, I was making all their stuff, and then I would work with other rappers here in town. And then uh, you know I went on tour with Bash and all those guys at that uh, when Sugar Sugar blew up, and um, you know I had my own rap rock band at what a, at a point, and then a rap cumbia band, and now I'm doing rap cumbia beats. Man. <laughs> Well, that's some shit right now, though. Ever, I mean, you're the, one of the kings of that, for sure. Yeah. Now I was, but it was surprising me because I mean, you told me I was looking. I need to listen to this whole thing, this whole Sombrero Galaxy. But these are all <laughs> artists from here in Corpus, yeah. Except for Mextep, except for Mextep, yeah, which is a he's a one of our our SA connects. But um, yeah. everybody's from Corpus. Yeah, I wanted to do to do a project that was like a theme, so I took like that sci-fi kind of like. Mandalorian. I was rarely inspired by Mandalorian. I've been watching a lot of Star Wars and and sci-fi movies over um, over quarantine and thing, and things. So once a uh, and and I had been working on that album pretty much the whole time. I, I was trying to do this like instrumental album at the beginning. It was kind of a, a instrumental hip hop album where like tons of samples and really inspired by Shadow and and um, Cut Chemist and um, and then it just <clears throat> it kind of turned into a thing where right after quarantine we had the studio built we, we built a new studio and and we moved in right before right right in march uh 2020 mm-hmm. so um people were trying to get in there you know what i mean but they we just couldn't get them in because it was right. <laughs> we didn't want anybody to come over so <clears throat> sorry no, um, it's all good. they uh, uh as soon as we opened up people started hitting me up and, and a lot of rappers that i knew of that I wanted to um, work with, you know, mm-hmm. so everybody started coming in here and, and we were doing, uh, we started doing, I, I started doing like beats for other people. And then I was like, Hey man, I got this beat. What do you, do you think you could rap on? I thought it was going to be like too weird for everybody to kind of understand, you know? Mm-hmm. But once I laid the first song, um, it started to kind of make sense. It was like, okay, we'll I have this, it's a theme. So uh, people automatically had like a subject matter to kind of like go off on, you know? And, uh, and I think that helped out the whole project was just coming coming into it with some kind of theme. You know what I'm saying? And I see the comic book. 
there's a comic book and a helmet and there's like a costume and it, 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 you know, it's, it's a really cool, it's a, it was a really cool idea. I mean, this is one of the coolest projects I've ever done, but, um, I did a whole like, uh, cosplay, like whole costume for it, you know, got a helmet made and we got the gauntlets and all kinds of things. And, uh, some of the, when we were doing the videos and we were doing the, uh, live, we did a live show on April 1st, um, everybody kind of like dressed up in like kind of sci-fi sort of clothing. And then even the audience, like a lot of people participated dressing like aliens and stuff oh, like man. that. So it was cool, man. And, you know, and we had an art show where we displayed all the, um, comic, uh, comic panels. And, um, and we got the, this artist to build this like a uh, flying saucer Impala crashing mm -hmm. into the art studio. And, um, it was cool, man. It was like a really cool activation. It was, it was a lot of fun. And um, right now I'm kind of working on part two of it, which is going to be this. Th this was sort of like the introduction to like the character and things like that, the the cholo. And now it's like the villains. You know, we're gonna we're gonna the 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 next theme is kind of like the bad guys. You know, their their perspective of it. And I already got a couple of beats and some ideas down, so it's it's gonna be pretty cool. What's the scene like down here? I mean, it's definitely. I always feel like Corpus flies under the radar, but when I come down here, it's like super cool. And you're the centerpiece of a lot of this. <laughs> we we definitely have our own. We carved our own little way out here. Um, when you get here, you automatically feel like the artist sort of lifestyle. There's like a lot of people here, super laid back, and you know, and downtown is kind of one of those places where um, you can't really escape from being an artist. You know, there's there's people that are painting or 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 doing. Uh, uh, graffiti or music or all kinds of stuff out here. And, and, you know, it just kind of, you can't really escape it. And it's such a small community that everybody kind of knows each other and works together and things like that. Um, and I'm just like, and of course we're at the center of it cause we're downtown and we have the studio and stuff. So it, it attracts a lot of heads in here. I mean, but historically Corvus is a hell of a musical city, man. There's been a yeah. lot that's come out before. Yeah. It was like the Hollywood, like exactly. in the nineties, you know what I mean? So it, it's got a history of that and it can, I mean, Ian Dior is from here, who's like number one uh, hip hop kid out there, and uh, Kevin Abstract from Brockhamptons from That's here. Right. So there's like you know we got a good track record. Um, you know, two out of the three rappers that have come from here have made it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know what I mean. But it's still small town vibes, and we're we're kind of working it out. You know, the business part of it is a, is the hardest part. You know, everybody's got talent, and a lot of people can. Uh, make cool songs and things like that and we we got all that now it's just a matter of like getting things out and getting them in people's hands and making people aware that there is a scene out here and and that these artists do exist and they are good man it's the truth but it's funny to me because i live in austin and i talk to people all the time who kind of might act like they don't have the opportunities that other people do and this and that when we have a city with like 200 venues and all these things going on and it is known as a musical city. And then you come to a place like Corpus and really see, you know, young people and, and all kinds of people putting in the work. Yeah, man. Their art. And it's just, a, it's, this is, you know, this is the type of city that maybe should complain, you know, <laughs> well, they, I, I, they miss out on things sometimes. We do miss way. out on a lot. I mean, it's, it's, there's a, there's a lot of factors in it, you know, we're, we're on the coast and San Antonio and, and, and Austin are kind of in the center of Texas and all the flights kind of like land either in Dallas or Houston. And then they kind of go off to these other places like, like Corpus, you know? So we always, every time you're going to fly to Corpus, you got to add another 600 bucks to your flight just to mm -hmm. get here. You know what I mean? And, and that, that kind of sucks, you know? So, um, 
that's part of the reason. Another part is just like, you know, once that, like the Hano stuff kind of like dried out, like every, all the labels and all that stuff kind of just left. Um, and so I mean, did that happen with the passing of Selena or was that, I don't know, man. I mean, it was all around the same kind of time, I think, you yeah. know what I mean? And I also feel like Selena, um, I mean, like she, she definitely like was a, an extreme artist, you know what I mean? So no matter where she was from, she was going to make it. Her mm -hmm. music was good. And the whole, the whole movement was like something, you know what I mean? Like they didn't just, it wasn't like they just made a cool song and they, they, they put it on YouTube. You know what I mean? No, like they come from like a hustle background, you know, like their whole lives, they were playing in bands and releasing music and stuff. And, you know, Freddie records is here that had like a big, um, I, I want to say like, that's one of the first labels that she was on, but they have a, they have Ramon Ayala and all the like heavyweight, um, Tejano scene guys, you know? So that label started off here and, uh, they're still here, you know, they yeah, still we drove right by the building. Yeah. And they like, even now, like Freddie's daughter's like doing stuff. She's doing R and B in English. Um, and she's really dope, man. I'm, we've worked with her on, on a couple remixes and things like that. Um, but it's just good to see like a bunch of these young kids. They just like automatically know how to make beats and they're they've been making beats since they're like in sixth grade or whatever you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it's it's really cool when they come out and they're like on tiktok or on these like things that they already know about you know what i mean that and promoting their stuff and using things that like you know like tiktok that were um you don't you, like i wouldn't necessarily like promote my music on tiktok i mean i guess i i, I do now but like that's not my first go-to you know it's like the kids are the ones that are all on that and they know all about that shit. You know what I mean? And it works for them. It works for everybody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But they're the first that are, that are on it, you know, and then the adults kind of catch up, you know what I mean? But I've seen a lot of people come through here. Uh, uh, there was a kid that I was working with this guy, Renzo, and he did a TikTok song and it blew up, man, like hundreds of thousands of views in a couple of days. And, um, you know, Republic reached out to him and signed that song and things. And then, you know, it just kind of went from there, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent here, man. It's, it's really crazy. It's really dope. I think, uh, it's funny you say TikTok cause I've been avoiding it. As a, as <laughs> you can't, man. man. You can't. But, uh, I do hear good things about the algorithm as far as that, how that goes. And as far as it being, you know, such a great tool, but it for is. me, I can barely wrap my head around. Well, the, the, the way I kind of feel is like, um, you go to a small town, like, and let's say like we were to go to a small town right now and mm -hmm. open up a radio station or open up a, a studio, mm -hmm. we'd be the only studio there and all these people would go to that studio, you know, or, or let's say we throw a show in that town. Mm -hmm. All the people are going to go there. You're going to be number one in that town, you know? So that's kind of how TikTok is or, or these little like uh, uh, these, uh, these other platforms that have been coming out. There's like hundreds of thousands of people on there but there's not bazillions of people on there like there is on Instagram, you know? So if you go to TikTok and you put out a video, like you're going to get 2000 people watching that video that are really watching it, not a bunch of algorithm views, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and bots and shit like that where, t where places like Facebook and Instagram are just flooded with that shit. You go to these smaller platforms and you actually get people that are watching and they're like really fucking with you, you know what I mean? And, and that's, that's the way I kind of see TikTok is like, and and not that it's a small platform anymore because it is big, but it's still new. So like a lot of people haven't caught up yet, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so once you get on there and like the other day, I, like, you know, I, I know they, they say like for your, whenever you first start using it, that they blow you up. Like, so that way you're get, you get kind of hooked. I don't know how true that is, but 
the other day I, I did a live stream. I didn't even know you could do it, but I like saw on there that there was a live stream option and I did it. And dude, I had like 600 people watching me and I'd like, you know, on my, on my streams, like on, on Twitch and shit, there's like, you know, fucking 20 or six mm -hmm. or whatever, you know what I mean? But on something like that, where it's like, there's not a, I'm not always on there, you know what I mean? And there's not like tons of people on there flooding the market. You get like hella views, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's a really good way to look at it because it's, that's that it is that's what it is you know what i mean it's like a newer thing get on it be be ahead of the game and and be first like a lot of those guys that are on twitch like uh i forget that dude's name like ninja something or whatever like those dudes have been on there since the very beginning since it wasn't like a big platform you know what i mean and now that it is they're at the you know of course like they love those guys you know what i'm saying they fucking um like they put them at the beginning of the page and, and always promoting their stuff and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's a, it's a, you gotta, you gotta take it for what it is. You know, you gotta like really like, all right, this shit works. And it's like a, it's a tool, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Well, uh, why don't we take a quick musical break, play something from the Sombrero Galaxy album. What, what do you want to hear? What, what should we play? Let's play the first song, which is Dark Skies. And that one has Meta, Quentin, um, Ambrose and Chris Five Six, all in one tune. Dope. You are tuned into Talk So Real with Matt Sonzala. We will be right back after this. Flying objects, which have been reported for the last few days, are described by reputed eyewitnesses as flying saucers. So far, there has been no official comment. Doctor, why no comment? What are they? Sorry, I'm afraid I don't know. They say I'm extra. I'm extraordinary, extravagant, bitch, I'm an extraordinaire Blowing O's in the air, roll with extraterrestrial niggas And we smoking till we vegetables, nigga You looking questionable, nigga, not credible, nigga Scared of federal, you get the point like decimals, nigga I got 120 on the dash, like, fuck them, do the dash, right? I'm still drunk from last night, a legend in my past life Excuse me, I'm flying sauced up, I'm usually high as God, but confused off the purple sauce. See, fuck the monologue, a phenom, a phenomenon. I live in your computer, these niggas could call me copy time. What was that? I see you watching, blunts all in my cockpit The cops gon' pull me over, then they probably need my rocket It's a long then, there's a thought of me not stopping Avoiding all the problems when I hit that supersonic uh, 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 Yes. 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 Yes.
wasn't a meteor, I'm sure of that. It might have been a flying saucer. Well, it might have been a saucer. I can't say it isn't. But what was it? But what was it? I get the check, Nike jungle, no photo, short luck, lot of travel in the ship, don't know slope in the corner, unidentified, whole block on watch, or you may say mesmerized, I lean towards energize, I'll work, keep the fleet on enterprise, at least a bit squeak, big head, big eyes, small stomach and I still ain't fooled, all my footage look blurry, think it's CGI, it ain't tricking if you still ain't fooled, you ain't getting it, it's over your head. Already, man. Always great to hear new music from you, man. And to hear you going in this direction again is is really dope. And I always want to know. I mean, like you're talking about small towns and things. Like I want to know about the artists and MCs and stuff from different places. You know, from yeah. all the different regions. And I mean, I miss that. Uh, you know, a lot of I always complain. I'm old, like I said, but a lot of music started <laughs> in my day getting in, getting real samey. You know, and yeah, like, yeah. I love the Houston sound. I love the Memphis sound. I right, like New right, York. Right. You know, and. Uh, it's 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 one of those things, man. I think that I think that it'll go back, you it know, always. and like eventually, you know, like um, I mean, take it like ASAP Mob, right? Like they really like ripped off a lot of the Texas shit, you know, and and uh, that was like here recently. So twenty years later, you know, here's these guys remaking that stuff, and uh, they're you know, of course, they also like I feel like people didn't want to sound like they were copying ASAP mob, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, bro, you're copying Paul wall. You're not copying ASAP mob. You know what I mean? But like, uh, but like that kind of shit happens. Like right now you hear there's a Joey something, but he's like, they sound just like the beastie boys, you know? And like, there's like other groups that are sounding like tribe called crest or like the far side. There's a dude, uh, that dude, um, um, uh, shit, he did a bunch of stuff with like Major Laser recently, but he sounds just like Be Real, you know what I mean? Mm. And it's like all that shit is tar- starting to come back, you know, and 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 it's hitting with like the younger people, and then because they're like paying homage to like their roots, you know, and what they grew up listening to or or influenced by their parents and things like that. And I mean, same way we we kind of did when we we're making whenever rap was first coming out, you know, like they were sampling things that their parents listened to and shit like that, and. And making up their own flows, of course. But um, nowadays, it could be, you know, those days, are they could come back, that Texas sound, because, like, it's really dope, you know? Mm-hmm. Did Houston have a big influence here? Was the Houston Definitely, sound man. Oh, here? yeah. Everybody yeah. here is coming down and coming through, you yeah. know what I mean? So uh, that's a definite, like, Corpus has always been influenced by Houston big time, you know what I mean? Like, Houston, like, uh, San Antonio, but the for, for the rap uh, for the rap scene, I'd say like Houston's influenced all of Texas, you know. Big I'd say what I've seen down here feels kind of West Coasty too. Well, I think it's the the beach, the you beach, know what yeah. I mean, and and just right. like that whole island vibe of like being laid back and um, not really um, focusing on one type of music. You know, mm-hmm. that's a that's a beautiful thing about living out here is like there's not just country or there's not just 
gangster rapper or Texas rapper, whatever. It's like a lot of different influences because a lot, a lot of different types of people move here. You know, like there's all these like winter Texans, for instance, mm-hmm. and some of those people just stay here and they bring their kids and their families and all that stuff. So it just becomes like this melting pot. And it's a lot smaller than a place like Houston where you can't, where in Houston, like you can get lost in your own crowd. Over here, it's like all the crowds are kind of connected because everybody really knows each other, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that I feel like that kind of helps. How did you end up on tour? You mentioned with Baby Bash back in the day. I mean, that was, huh. Sugar Sugar was huge. Yeah, well, it had, like uh, what happened was um, Charles Chavez had signed um, my band back in the day at that point. We were like a rap rock band. Which band was it? IH5. We were okay, called IH5. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, we went to Houston and recorded an album with them and all kinds of stuff. We did it at Toe Down's place. Wow. <laughs> and uh, d- talk about like Willie D was there all the time and um, Bun B and all these motherfuckers were just passing through. Lil Flip. Um, always. They had the weed. Yeah, they were there with the weed. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Toe Down did. All right, yeah, right. of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, they, um, so we recorded that album and then a couple weeks gone by after we're done and we're like, you know, kind of mixing and mastering it and kind of figuring out how we're going to put it out. And, um, don't want to try comes out from Frankie J and uh, Sugar Sugar comes out. They kind of both came out at the same time, and dude, they just like exploded. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anybody expected that to happen. You know what I mean? And uh, and Charles was just like, dude, like, I can't put this out. Like, I can't. I don't have time right now to do anything. And I understood, you know, like, and kind of, you know, my band was kind of salty about it or whatever. But like, dude, like, I mean, look what happened, you know, like there's no way that he was going to fuck with us at that point. We didn't have like a hit song or anything like that. It was just one of those things where we just had to move on. Luckily, he gave us the album. He gave us a bunch of equipment and shit, you know what I mean? Um, And so we made out like bandits, you know what I mean? But um, a couple of weeks later, they were going to do the tour and um, the Sugar Sugar tour. And Charles called me. He was like, hey, man, Bash needs a DJ. You want to go with them on the road? And I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) First time I I, I was like, how many how many cities are we going to do? And he was like, it's 88 cities. And it's like four months or six months or something. I don't even remember. But um, yeah, we lived on that bus for a good six months. And um, the tour was crazy packed. I mean, it was like Gemini was opening up and um, Frankie J had his band, which his band was uh, Steve-O and um, that dude, Andy Quinn, who's still with them. Uh, Happy Perez was on bass. Russell Lee was on drums. Man, it was like a, <laughs> and I this was the first time I really met all, any of those guys. And I, I mean, I kind of knew knew them from like working at the radio station here and stuff like that. But I never really like hung out with them. You know what I mean? And I had always heard about Happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I met him, it was like meeting my older brother, bro. You know what I mean? Like he was so cool. He just kind of like took me under his wing, and we, you know, I stayed with him at his house, and then we became roommates for the tour and stuff like that. And so really got like connected with a lot of different people um on that tour there was like a it was like an all-star lineup you know that's what a I crazy mean? lineup yeah yeah it was, was it really just nuts. here in the states no nah, oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. We, went to, we went to puerto rico also um okay. but yeah it was pretty much just in the states but we played like every major venue like all these different artists that we played with and all these kinds of festivals and stuff like that i mean it was it was really dope it was a like one of the best experience of my life it was really cool Man. shout out to bash for letting me do that Hell yeah, he's the man. I mean, Bash, we were just talking about uh, the radio show I did in Houston started like 20 years ago, and one of my partners had seen Bash and said something about like, 
you know, she wasn't there at the time. She didn't know. And he's, she's like, you know, uh, it's our 20th anniversary. He's like, man, I was on your first show ever. <laughs> he literally was on that's the first tight. one ever. Yeah. Dude, he's always been like a cool homeboy. I mean, that's, yeah. how, that's how he made it was like, I mean, not only making amazing music, but being cool with everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I, he was like, he's like a really humble dude, man. I mean, he kind of like everywhere he goes, he knows somebody. Somebody's always down to go pick him up or take him food or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy, dude. Everywhere we would go, he would have friends. And that, that whole camp, and I, and, I, and I feel like being from Texas, like you had to like develop relationships around the states and kind of like you would go on the road and push your music into all these different cities and things like that. And those guys were like the masters of hitting the small towns. You know what I mean? I mean, and, he came from... The SPM you know, camp, man. But yeah. the, he came from Vallejo, California. Well, that too. too. Yeah, 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 Bay, yeah. And he got yeah. to see both sides of the Texas yep. hustle and that Bay hustle yep. that, that worked very hand in hand back oh, in man. the early days. Yeah, know? yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and when when we went to when we went to the Bay, we went to his mom's house and everything. And like, dude, he was like the man. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so, I re, I really respect him and and his career. And, and I I got to see like really got to see like somebody make it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And now he's just like. Everywhere he goes, he's doing shows and he stays in his lane. You know what I'm saying? He's mm-hmm. very relevant, so it's really cool. Yeah, it was great to see him them come out with he, him and Frankie J came out on the rodeo with Bun B. Yeah. Oh, really? So he oh, really that's cool. Had a full circle, you know, show Houston show out there. It was really great. Yeah, I heard about him talking about it on Sirius Radio one day. He's got that show, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the rodeo and how it was going to be like a hip hop, big hip hop movement and things like that. Seventy three thousand people. It was crazy. Is that the first time that a hip hop act has played the rodeo? Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, Probably, I know, right? like he came out with Bun came out with Beyonce before. I think, oh, okay. But uh, I mean, just straight up, yeah, rap, like, like he used rap. To rap. That was yeah. the first for yeah. sure. Beyonce, you know, she's cool and she's yeah, down yeah. and everything, but that's that's rap. You no, know? I know, no, that's <laughs> crazy. The uh, <clears throat> so around that time, you said you had a rap rock band. You were already making beats. Where did the transition come from into like, I mean, cause you're one of the leaders of like cumbia, electronic cumbia for yeah. sure. I mean, and when I first started hearing that, it blew me away. Like <laughs> hearing you and the stuff, the Zizek records, you just call it Zizek or Zizek? Z- I think it's Zizek. I don't, Zizek. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but. <laughs> I always uh, call it Zizek. But, uh, Zizek, Zizek. When those, those guys, when we first started hearing the music coming out of Argentina and these sort of things, it, started, it blew me away. I had no idea yeah. that this was even a thing. I'd always been kind of invested in cumbia music just from being in, in Corpus, you know what I mean? And I always kind of like mixed a lot of uh, Latin percussion and to my beats and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, when I first started making um, beats, it was mostly hip hop, but then I was like DJing like a lot of like house music, like Chicago house and um, like garage speed garage and stuff like that, like r- raver shit, you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. And so it was like, I had two different ends of the spectrum and a lot of that stuff was like Latin samples and things like that, 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 that kind of shit that I really dug. And, um, and I started like using that into my like productions, I guess you could say, you know, I was using cowbells and congas and all kinds of percussion. And um, eventually I learned how to play cumbia, which is like a rhythm that, you know, it's a Colombian rhythm that kind of like migrated its way up into Texas. And um, and I was kind of like implementing that into mm-hmm. my music. And I was very like, Kumbi Kings is one of my favorite bands. You know what I mean? Like and they're the, from here, right? They're from here, yeah, right. yeah. So they, uh, and, and I even like did a couple shows with them. I did some remixes for them and things like that. And, and all those guys have always been my friends. And we've still to this day work together, you know? And so 
um, I've always wanted to like have like hip hop cumbia. And since I was a DJ, I was just like, how am I going to like be an artist in this mm -hmm. world of like either I'm like a rapper's DJ or I'm like my own artist. And uh, this is before like, you know, all the whole EDM thing kind of blew up. You know what I mean? But um, I started like making instrumentals and sampling like the records that I had. A lot of them were Latin records, you mm -hmm. know, so I was sampling a lot of Latin stuff. And I was making rap beats with um, old, like, uh, Spanish soul songs. So they sounded like hip-hop beats, just like regular mm -hmm. samples, you know? Because a lot of the, the dudes in the 70s were trying to imitate that Motown sound, but they had their own kind of spin on it, you know? Um, and so doing that, um, I kind of wanted to make, like, a house song, you know? And so what I did was, like, I sampled this old cumbia record, um, this Mickey Laude song, uh, and uh, I flipped it into Que La Pasa, the, the first song that right. I came out with. And then um, I did that song, and it was actually, like, it was really fast. I made it on the MPC, and then I used Reason to, like, kind of piece it together. And then um, I, I, like, put it out on YouTube, or I started sending it out to people, and um, uh, I got on a compilation, like a Texas compilation with... Um, Dang, I forgot the name of the label. Um, but yeah, I got on a on a compilation and um and then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do a video for it. And because my friends here were all video editors and they, you know, we we had my apartment upstairs. We were like, yo, mm -hmm. let's throw a party and just film the party and then kind of cut that into the video. Well, we did that, and there was like tons of people here from it, it was like my birthday or something. So yeah. <laughs> um it, tons of people here. Um, and we put the video out like a couple weeks later and then dude, it just like blew up like right there and on YouTube, like thousands of views the first couple of hours. And then, um, like about a week later or no, oh, no, I'm sorry. Three days later, I get a call from this dude in Germany and he's like, Hey man, my name is Daniel Haxman. I have this record label called man recordings. And I had knew I had knew about man recordings for a long time. They had Diplo and all these other people like early in their careers. Um, and uh, he was kind of doing like Brazilian stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like Latin EDM, but like more on the Brazilian tip. And like, that's, that's kind of where Diplo comes from, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, so he was interested in putting out Kelepasa. He signed Kelepasa and we did like some remixes and stuff like that with a bunch of crazy people, Boys Noise and um, Eric, I mean, uh, Eric Rincon and, and a bunch of different heads, Alvaro, all these guys this amazing remix pack. The song was really dope. We had the dope video. We remixed, we redid the sample and all this stuff. Like, and we put it out and it like two weeks later, universal calls us and they're like, yo, um, uh, we want to put this song out as a partnership with Pepsi and we want to start like a whole new label and we want to mm -hmm. sign you to that label. And I was like, Psh, let's do it. And I'm like 31 at the time or something, you know? And uh, well, no, that's crazy because I can see the video in my head. I remember it very vividly, and that's to think that I didn't actually realize that was the beginning. I yeah, that you was were way I mean, in it already. I well, I, was like, well, you know. I mean, it, you know, people like to people like you is is it, it wasn't the beginning because you kind of knew. I, I had been doing a lot of stuff. I had a an EP that was like all Spanish samples, mm -hmm. and they were like rap beats though, like like the stuff that I could play during my DJ set. And, um, but that song was like, kind of like the first one that really like set it off for me. It was like, yo, this is the kind of shit that I'm going to do. Um, this is where I'm going to make my career. And, um, 
And then when I when I got signed with Universal, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like there was definitely like a disconnect with the major label, you know, like they didn't really know what to do with me because I'm not like a singer and I'm not a I'm not a rapper. I'm a DJ and I do like DJ stuff. You know what I mean? So sure, sure. they did like try, you know what I mean? And shout out to them for believing in me and, and giving me a shot, you know, but it was just kind of like, it just, it was like, <clears throat> they didn't really know what to do with me. And I still get that, you know, booking agents and stuff like that. They don't know what the hell to do with me. You know, is he a band or is yeah, he a I DJ mean, or what? You know, it's also geographic, man. It's hard for yeah, them if you're not yeah. right in their face all the time. You've got your own world down here. That's what like, it was. A, a lot of, a big part of it was that I wasn't living in LA. And, um, so, you know, um, but it is what it but is. It's a testament to you and to Texas and to the music that we all, you know, love the most, like of what, the classic Texas rap and things that yeah. didn't have any LA. Didn't yeah. Have you just did it here, it man. You did here. That's kind of what I, that's kind of what I figured is like, you make your own studio and you, you know, you start working out of your, out of your hometown. And that's kind of what I did. So you called that album, the universal album was called Cumbia city. Yeah. Corpus is Cumbia city. <laughs> Corpus Christi. Su- Corpus two Christi. C's, you yeah. know? Yeah. That was kind of a play on that. Um, actually somebody on Facebook, like commented that on one of my posts and I was like, yes that's yeah. gonna be that's the name of the album and it just like made all this sense you know what i mean like cc texas you know cumbia city and it really is man i mean there's like a the 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 bands that come out of here are, you know a lot of them are either rock bands or cumbia bands you know mm-hmm. what i mean and so um that's why that's kind of why i ran with that name and did that come from i mean because like you said before the tejano scene here was insane yeah back in the day and like the was that like just the next step yeah. for artists here? Um, I mean, like what? What do you mean the next step? Well, I mean, is it you know, cumbia is a classic sound, but like, was that something that came after Tejano, or was that? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tejano is like Tejano is definitely its own genre of like of music, but mm-hmm. it takes it, a lot of Tejano artists make cumbia music and they make Norteño music and ranchera music, sure. and there's these different genres, but they all. They're Texas artists, so they're Tejano, you know what I mean? But they also do Tejano music, quote-unquote, because it has keyboards and things like that in it, and it has that certain drum beat. But it, it links back in with Cumbia, like, really hardcore. And um, a lot those same bands that are playing Tejano music are going to jump into a Cumbia song at some point in their set, mm-hmm. and everybody's going to go crazy, you know what I mean? What was the radio station you were working with back in the day? I worked at Z95 from... Probably like 1995 till about like 2003 or four. What kind of music was that stage? It was hip hop. Yeah. yeah. And it, well, it was like hip hop and like Latin international, I guess it was at the point, mm-hmm. you know, like Shakira and shit like that. But um, yeah, there was a lot of stations like that in the mid 90s and they were mm-hmm. pretty dope because I it opened it. up a lot of minds to different types it of really music. It really did. I think. It really did. I mean, the Latin stuff. Um, Austin even had something similar. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, a short period of time. The Corpus one was cool, man. I mean, DJ Laz was coming here all the time and oh, like man. all the, you know, so I, I really dug that that sort of sound. It was a mix of hip hop and like Miami bass and all those kinds of things. And that was like, that was like the shit that I like. So I was into it. Because I, I still love finding like gems on the radio and finding independent stations in different cities. And I've been, but I have been flipping around here in Corpus and I'm hearing either Christian or Tejano. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, a lot of religious stations. Yeah. Here. Uh, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're, they're out there, you know, there's, yep. a, there's a, like a reggaeton station that plays a lot of cumbia and stuff like that. Okay. They play a lot of my stuff. 
Um, Z95 is still around, of course. The I think the the 102.3s uh, and 102.9 is still here. Um, What's the reggaeton station? That's that that 103, that one that I was telling okay. you about. Yeah, yeah. Um, they play reggaeton in in cumbia, um, and they have like they have two stations. I think it's like 107 and then like 103 or something like that. But um, both of them are really dope. Um, and then you know Z95 is really dope. They're always playing my stuff. Um, I get a lot of love here, man. So I'm 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 digging it. <laughs> That's really dope. Really dope. Thanks. Why don't we play something off Cumbia City and uh, come back and talk a little bit more here with El Dusty? I want to talk more about that sound and, and your your process with that because that was like to me that was a hell of an album. That was one of those things where you really kind of laid the blueprint. Yeah, for a lot of people. It really is. It really is. It. I mean, I feel like it's one of the first like club style cumbia albums ever mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gotta be i don't know any other one i mean there's a lot of cumbia influenced things out there you know but this is like a whole album of like cumbia club bangers <laughs> for sure we'll be right back talk some real matson's all our guest today is l dusty and we're gonna jump into a little something from his cumbia city album and uh, that was 2018 right that was somewhere like that no I, uh yeah yeah 2018 i think it's hard to remember because Dude, I don't two, even of know those what years, two of those years are a void. Yeah. So Yeah, I think it was like 2018. Yesterday. Uh 2017 or 2018. One of those. It's been a while. Sure has. Be right back after this. Me parece que te vi me hice la bulla. Me parece que te vi bailando un día. 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 Me parece que te vi bailando un día.
Man, I think it was, I don't know. Well, I do remember when you handed me that album. Yeah. And uh, it was just, a, to me, it's like there was a moment in time where, you know, I love going to see the, the Pelagrosa guys, Bum Bum in Houston, and seeing how they both carved out scenes for themselves in their respective areas, and they get out there and they get on the road. But then there was also, like, the Moombaton movement. Yeah. And all kinds of different things. And they, they helped time. out a lot because they were inviting um like cumbia artists like me to go play at at their parties you know what i mean so everybody kind of supported each other in that sort of realm of like alternative latin electronic music mm -hmm. i mean but was that even really a thing before that you know like where, where well i mean there really was like from? latin house back in the day of you course, know what i mean yeah, like um in chicago that stuff was really big in miami and things like that um even here that stuff was really really big Latin house has always been a thing, but there was never really like, like Latin, like club music. You know, DJ Laz was a, of course like a huge deal. Like he he's basically doing the same thing I'm I'm doing, but with uh, Miami bass and with salsa and shit. You know, I was I'm using cumbia, so my my song my songs are a little slower and mm -hmm. a little more like, um, or like if if I'm doing a house song, you know, they're they're in that sort of realm. But um, he definitely was like a big impact on that whole genre just because he was like sampling making club songs and then rapping on them you know and yeah, I mean? my father sat next to him on a plane like in the last month or so nice. he hit me up like i just sat next to this this dj on the <laughs> plane and i was telling him blah, blah, i'm talking <clears throat> about this and that and i'm like who was it he's like oh hold on i got his email address <laughs> or his card just had his email on it and he typed out dj laz or whatever and i was like right you sat on. next to dj laz <laughs> Laz is cool, man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, I met him when I was a, a kid. You know what I mean? And um, the uh, one, like, a, like I guess, like a two times, the, the last two times that I was in Miami, I kind of hung out with him, and uh, he played a show with us. And then we went to uh, his studio, which is at this like crazy house with like a pool and a grotto oh, yeah. and all yeah. kinds of shit. You know, he's he was he was cool, man. He's got a he's got a whole thing going over there, like a little factory. You know what I mean? Yeah. And He's always like working with younger artists and stuff like that. So that's really cool the way he does his thing. I think that's where we went when we did Hip Hop Evolution with him. And uh, I've talked to him a few times, and that's one of the beautiful things. Like when you meet a guy like DJ Laz, who has such history, but he remembers the history. He knows that yeah. like, he can tell you the ins and outs of that whole yeah. everything. Well, he's a radio dude, man. Yeah. You know, so those dudes have a lot of knowledge and they have like the timeline in their head because they remember, oh, this happened when this song came out and that was in this year. You know what I mean? Like, that's a that's a talent. You know what I mean? Right. To be able to put those things together like that. I remember a lot of things, but but not the years. <laughs> I don't know. Like we were only talking. Way, the only way I can do that is if I put a song to it. That's the exactly. only way. Exactly. We were talking earlier. Like I, we don't remember how we met. Yeah, I really don't remember. I, it had to be like on an email or something, man. Like, 
I don't know, maybe Gracie Chavez or something. I don't know. It no, could have been Gracie. And I mean, but I remember, I feel like the first time I really saw you perform was with Master Blaster Sound System. Right. I think. I mean, because I remember those shows like a Pachanga Fest yeah. and after parties and yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah. It would always be Master that Blaster. Have been, that might have been it. That might have been it. Um, it was definitely around that time for sure. But I knew who you were before that. I know that. Yeah. And I've always known who you were. Oh. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy, we'll never know. The, the, if the I guy. go back to my AOL email address, I could dig in there and I could bet you I could find like an old email from Dude, you. I did that once. <laughs> I did that once. Actually, I was like, let me try to remember what this password was. I wonder if this even exists. And it did exist full of like all kinds of new spam. <sighs> like it wow. still just kind of sits and exists yeah. out there. But going back to like the early days, you mentioned Diplo and some of the, you know, the Cosmo and the P- Cosmo Banger people like that from those those days. Like it was crazy. Yeah, man. And it was, that was another thing, though. I think for Texas, you were one of the people that helped kind of expand the palette a little bit. Because I remember, you know, when Diplo first came to Houston, there'd be 100, 150 people. Yeah. And it was as that started going, they had the message board, the holler board. Were you on there? No, nah, I wasn't you on there. You weren't on man. there? Nah. Well, they had a, all, all I know is when, we all met up at that around that time. The half that board became Texas people, like all the Gracies and Squincy <laughs> yeah. and all the guys that yeah. came in around that time. And it was really fun to see things kind of transform because I always like, like I said, I love the Houston sound. I love rap, you know, but I used to always try to tell people there's more to it. Yeah. There's so much culture down here and so many different things. Like I took, uh, John Caramonica from he's now at the New York Times, but when he came down to do a story on just Houston, you know, the, I think he was with Vibe at the time. I took him to one of like the the Mexican flea markets. Oh yeah, I took him to see like this is what's going on on a Sunday afternoon in this city. It's dynamic, like the the music, the culture. There's so yeah. many things going on. That's how a lot, but that that's how in Texas. I mean, I feel like maybe everywhere, but like that's where a lot of these people were selling their albums and, mm-hmm. and promoting their music, you know, and getting into those little tape shops and things like that. And I mean, you still go there now and there's dudes there slanging CDs Man. and <laughs> thumb dudes. drives and all kinds of shit. You know? Oh, exactly. I was at the, the trade center yeah. here yesterday. That was really cool. The really Mecca cool of Corpus. I love it. I love places <laughs> like that. I love going into the markets, man. Uh, but I'll tell you when I talk about like, like real screwheads and people who really know they're there, bro. No, it's Mexican dudes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they're like there. for real, yeah. like Latino dudes in Texas, like that were really into screw, like the people yeah. that I know that are really still deep into it or can rattle off like track listing and shit like that. Yeah. It's like, you know, a lot of Mexican dudes are into that shit. Man. And a lot of people, you know, they don't get credit for these things. Like when you say Houston, Houston rap, you think about this, how crazy it is there in the culture of Houston, but would Houston be shit if Dallas and Corpus and places like that didn't well, become I mean, part of there? Because they become uh, it was like their circuit. Well, that's know, the thing the is like probably probably even in Houston it's probably even worse. But like when you're from a town, it's kind of hard for people to hold you on that pedestal, right? You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, you have to leave. Yeah, you kind of got to leave, or you got to make yourself like inaccessible, you know. And so that's a problem, not a problem, but I mean, I I, I face that myself, you know. I still get. Hey, can you come DJ at my sister's fucking grand opening of her, <laughs> you know what I mean? Barbershop or something. And I, I mean, you know, as much as I'd love to do it, I just can't, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And, um, and you kind of, you know, people will never, of course, they wouldn't ask me to do that in LA or somewhere where I, I kind of have like a following, you know, but here mm. in town, it's kind of like, 
I get asked for shit like that all the time. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, come DJ at our birthday party. I was like, dude, I'd honestly, I'd be the worst DJ for something like that because I just don't know what to play. You know, like mm-hmm. I would just go in there playing my own shit and everybody would be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I could never have been like a real uh, party DJ. It's hard, man. Know. I mean, I, I loved doing that for a long, you know, I have did that for 20 years, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And um, I loved it. But, you know, I'm, t- I t- I'm to the point right now where it's just like, if I'm going to take a gig, it's going to be either like a high paying gig or like something that's going to be really fun. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I, and more often than not, I do the really fun ones. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So that's kind of where my head is at right now. But yeah, like in Houston, those guys coming out of Houston, it was probably like super hard for them to get on the box, but they could come to Corpus and be number exactly. one on the radio station here. And they could go to Kingsville and they could go to Lubbock and they could go to all these places. And I feel like that's what a lot of those guys did was they were dr- driving around promoting Mm-hmm. wrapping their vehicles and selling CDs out of their cars yeah, and stuff like that. That's what I'm talking about. Like the fan base became like such a, I mean, I love a lot of the artists from Dallas. Yeah. You know, there's so many good yeah. artists in Dallas. And, but uh, man, this, what would the Swisher house be if they wouldn't have had these markets, all these other markets? And Dude, they see they, that they, they came here and got worshipped, bro. Like they, yeah. were, they would come here and they would be treated like big stars. You know, the PDs would take them out to eat and all these kinds of stuff. I mean, it was like, I know, I, I know because I saw it, you know what I mean? I would see them bash and, and D, even DJ Laz, you know what I'm saying? Coming from Miami all the time, he would come straight to Corpus every single time. He would come on vacation over here. He used to love to come over here, you know, and it was just a, a way for him to get out. But also, like, the, when he would come here, people would treat him really well, you know. And so that's a kind of a trick is where you go to, like, these smaller towns or these smaller countries and you kind of take over and then mm-hmm. you're number one over there. And then you come back to Houston and you're like, oh, this dude's number one over there, man. Like, we should, maybe we should take him seriously. You know what I mean? That's, so, that's a big part of it. For it sure. is, man. It is. It's it's kind of crazy, but you know, it's just it's it's your people. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I you know I get that a lot, dude. You know what I mean? People still <laughs> like the most weirdest request you could possibly get, but um, you know that's life, and you know I love it. Yeah, well, I don't think anybody. I don't think you can even just make it in New York anymore. Like just as a rapper, I think you you really have to hit that road and figure gotta it out. Road, you got to yeah. get out and, and get in front of people. There's so many rappers from New York that are just, or people that move to New York or move to LA that they're just like trying to make it. That like, how do you make your stuff stick out besides being good? Which is, I mean, like everybody's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? Like everybody's good. Everybody can learn to rap. Everybody can learn to record themselves and. And all that stuff is just a matter of like doing something with it and being in the right place at the right time or 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 going that extra mile by like hustling the shit out of your music and going to these towns where people, you know, they'll just eat it up. Mm -hmm. You know, there's three thousand people in that town. Well, fucking five hundred of them are fucking with me. You know what I mean? And that's good. You know, I mean, if you can get, you know. 300 people in Houston to come out to your show and you can get 300 people at the house of rock. That's all you need. That's That's all you need. It's the same money. It's the same ticket price. Same money. And also, I mean, just the hunger for these things, like people who really care and are really happy that you came to the, I grew up in a town where it's like, we went to anything that happened because nothing was happening. Well, that's, that's kind of what I like about Texas though, man. It's like we can tour in our own, in our own state, you know what I mean? And, and Mm -hmm. literally drive back home that night if you want, you Mm -hmm. know, if you're a road dog, you know, um, and, and I love that we can, you know, we go all the time. We do a show in Austin or in, and you know, in Houston or even in Dallas. Well, we, we haven't drove home from Dallas that same night, but we've drove, you know, 
any all the time every time we play in in houston we just drive straight home you know yep. what i mean and sleep in our own beds and then get up the next day and go to the next place you know what i mean but um and I, I love that about Texas. And there's a lot of artists, you know, AJ Castillo. I see, I, I, I like, I watch him a lot. And he's he's blown up, dude. And he just plays all over Texas. You know what I mean? There's no reason to go anywhere else. Not, that, I, I see him playing in California and Arizona and stuff too. But, man, I mean, you know, if you could just tour Texas, why not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Don't put that wear and tear on your bus, and you yeah. know, and all those things that you just, like, don't even got to do. But gas is four forty nine, and also that. <laughs> but diesel's like six bucks, so six forget bucks it, for dog. a bus. Yeah, you're in no a bus, shit. you're screwed. No, no, we are definitely uh, blessed with that down here, and it still exists. And I, I wish to, you know, I would like to see more of the young artists uh, embrace that because that's definitely how it all happened. It's a, it, it's a different world, though, man. You know, they got yeah. the internet nowadays. You could just be on the internet and make it on the internet, not mm-hmm. have to do. Ian Dior like never did any shows, not one single show. And dude, like, did his first show in Corpus and sold out. You know what I mean? And they had to move it to, like, a bigger venue. But it was all internet. He was, I mean, he's, like, I think he's the company he's with. It's called Internet Money, even. You know, like, they're, oh, man. they're based off the internet. It's just kids on SoundCloud that are just so, like, hungry for that shit. And a lot of those kids that are on SoundCloud are from the Midwest and, like, all these, like, small towns everywhere. And the, But they just have this, like, loyal fan base. And they really, they really did it right, man. They're... They're killing it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You can't hate. That shit's really good. They took exactly what we did was we learned the hustle of like, hey, we got to go to these small towns and, and shop all our shit. They did it in, in a different way. Hey, we got we got to tackle the people on the Internet. We can get anybody anywhere. You know, the, the possibilities are endless. You can go small town, big town, whatever. And mm-hmm. welcome to Texas. Hello. <laughs> but that's a cool that's a cool thing about the Internet, man, is like you nowadays you can point ads at the certain cities and all kinds of shit you know what i mean so there's just like there's no excuse you know right but i still am a proponent of you have to touch the people you have to you still have to get out and touch you the have people. to you have to and these guys i mean like it took a lot of years before bun b and them could do seventy three thousand people at the rodeo but they're still there they're yeah. out there and they they, they yeah. never stop well those guys are also now Hall of Fame of Texas, you know. I mean, what I'm they're saying? legends, like, yeah, for sure. But I mean, they all started out like they did. They used to come road. here a lot, man. I remember hearing about UGK all the time. You know what I'm saying? They would come here. They would go to San Antonio. They mm-hmm. go to the Valley, like all those spots. It was just kind of like that's the circuit. You know what I mean? You make your way around Texas and promote, and then and the cool thing about it is like you can stop in all these little towns along the way and kind of promote. You know, I've been seeing. Um, I watched a documentary the other day on. Um, I forgot the name of the rapper, but he's like a country guy. And he was like wrapping his trucks and all these things. And he just like takes like 20 people in a van and they just go and sell. That was like Shooter Jennings or somebody. So like one that. of the, or, or Michael or, Knight. Michael Knight. Michael Knight. Yeah, 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 my, yeah, yeah Michael Knight. Yeah, yeah. But he, they, uh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I, I, I met him too. You know what I mean? Like he's been one of those dudes that kind of like hustles all the time, you know? But they'll fill up a van. They'll fill up 10 vans with like 20 dudes. And like, you know, the goal is to sell a thousand CDs each van that day. And they'll go to all these little towns and just Mm -hmm. slang CDs, like just even now, you know what I mean? And like people will buy them and especially in those little towns, man, you know what I'm saying? They'll buy that shit. They're like, oh, screw it. I'm at the oil field, you know, out there all night long. Internet sucks and pop a CD in and fucking jam this shit, you know? And dude, I mean, he's, he's killing it, man. You know, a lot of those guys are killing it doing that. 
it still lives. It's still yeah, there. it and still lives. I'll tell you, I get angry when I want the physical. If I if I love the album, I gotta get an <clears> album or a CD at least because I get angry when I listen to some of these streaming <laughs> things, man. Like some of the the sound quality going up and down in the car. We were talking nuts. about that with the Tribe Called Red uh, hallucination guys the other yeah. day. They were uh, saying how they were. Apple actually asked them to like mix in different, like do different mixes. Uh, I think it was, it was called uh, uh, Atmos, like mixing or something. Yeah, where I've you, heard about it's that, like yeah. five points of like of like you know where the here where the ear is, and it's like these two the the right and left, center, back, left and right, back. You know what I mean? And so you have to like remix your album to kind of fit that and like you know on a rap beat it's like 808 and, and snare and it's like you want that shit in your face you can't pan all that shit everywhere mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's got to be really hard he was saying they were telling me that they're like, it's very difficult to mix that stuff and to make it sound good because it only will sound good on apple you mm-hmm. know what i mean and so you got to make that specific mix for just apple music and then you got to make the one for spotify and and nowadays there's even like plugins where you could How's it going to sound on Spotify? You know, how's it going to sound on Apple Music? It's fucking wild. That's too much, man. <laughs> well, what do you got coming up? What are we looking for, man? What should we be looking out for? Well, I'm working on a lot of music always. I've got, you know, I've, right now I'm sitting on like 20 songs uh, that I'm trying to bleed out over the next couple of months. Um, I got you know, like a house EP that's all house oh, music. Um, I got Sombrero Galaxy 2 coming out. Um, are you self-releasing everything now? Yeah, everything I yep. self-release. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, after the universal thing, I just kind of figured like I'm gonna self-release until it comes to a point where I need a label to step in and help me out. And I just haven't got there yet, you know. And I'm kind of like I'm pretty satisfied where we're at right now. You know, we're still doing a lot of shows. We're still, you know, making money doing streaming and things like that. We started doing a live stream show here at the, at the studio. And, and that's I, Wednesdays, eight thirty central Wednesdays at eight thirty, Yeah. And I, I, and I just been trying to like, ever since quarantine, I realized like, dude, you know, like not only am I getting older and I don't really want to do as much shit out of town, but like, I just like, like having the, you know, here, right here at our own spot. Like, Hey man, I want to practice. I mean, so. you have built, <laughs> You got you probably got a castle over here, like a <laughs> moat around it. Like you got you're like seriously, I'll come down here down to downtown Corpus Christi. It's like this is this is Dustyville, man. Yeah. Like No, totally, man. I love it. You know, we got our stream lab. We can pra- I, I can practice in here at any any time of the day. Mm-hmm. I don't have no neighbors to complain. You know what I'm saying? We can play the music as loud as we want. Me and the guys will come in here and rehearse before a show. Um, you know, we can rehear- we can record the rehearsal. We mm-hmm. go over there in the studio and make music and we're doing podcasts. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah. is, this is what I want to do. You know what I mean? If we're going to be here, we might as well do what we got to do. You know? Well, I love this. I mean, your street right here is just like art central. Yeah. You got the gallery, people the street, record store, sure. people street. Yeah. You got this produce produce. Yeah. Produce is like your streetwear store. Yeah. What, what did that, what was that? What was the concept of that when you started? Well, when, when we first, when we first moved in here, it was a, me and a bunch of friends that, uh, we wanted to make, uh, Dave was an integral part of the whole thing was he was like a sushi chef that mm-hmm. made his own sushi bar from nothing. And that sushi bar like hit like crazy. Man, it was like no, a cultural. That's, that's one of the first memories I have of going to sushi bar down here. That was the shit. Dude, it was like a cultural movement. We've never had before that. There was never a restaurant like with a DJ in it here or any of that stuff. But he, he kind of brought that whole vibe to life. Mm-hmm. And he brought a lot of creative people together. All the guys that are that are working out of here are all 
product of like Dave, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And um, so he put us all together. I wanted a place to kind of have a studio and to, um, and to, I was doing like a turntable Academy at the time where I was like teaching That's kids right, how to right. DJ and stuff. Um, and uh, we we're looking for a space to do that. So, and Dave wanted to have a streetwear shop, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then we're all of our friends are graphic designers. So we wanted like an office. We wanted to make almost like an agency. And so that's what Produce became was this like clubhouse of like creative people that were making designs, printing them and then selling them in the shop, you mm-hmm. know, or I was doing shows and making merch and then selling it in the shop, you know, and, and we're still kind of doing that, you know, it's, it's not necessarily like a streetwear store or anything like that. It's, it, it's, it was like, I feel like it was more like that when I first came. Yeah. Yeah. When we first came, it was like kid robot and yeah, all that all that. shit, you yeah. know what I mean? And, Eventually, like Dave got too busy to to run the shop. Fang moved to LA, um, and then me and Carlos are still here. But Carlos is so tied up in like the art world here that he's just like, there's no way he could focus on a store, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it became more of just like a shop to kind of like have merch that we sell on the road and stuff like that. But sure. now we're we're we partnered up with Commons, and we we're starting to sell like CBD and stuff like that in there. So we're trying to like um, expand a little, like oh. you know. So. Yeah, well, you bringing up sushi bar brought back huge memories because that's what I where I, when I first came down on like a musical journey, not just coming down to the beach or whatever. And, and met, when I met you and saw what was going on down here, I was like, "Damn, Corpus, yeah. what's going on? Like, why do I not hear more about like?" Yeah, it's a cool it's a highly it slept on city, and it's like we don't have a lot of like out like a lot of like uh, like outreach. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like two roads in and out. That and also like, but <laughs> what I mean by that is like, like people covering like coverage. We don't sure, have a sure. lot of coverage, you know, like there's only a few little websites and a few magazines right. that are covering these things, you know, and, and there needs to be more. And I feel like it's that small town stigmatism where it's like, I don't want to do that because everybody's going to know it's me and and everybody's going to make fun of it or whatever. You know what I mean? And that's always a thing. But when you're in a big city, it's like, there's some you can get lost, you know, so they don't really, you know, you don't re- it's kind of anonymous. You don't mm-hmm. know who's doing these things. And that kind of almost works better than like, you know, the guy, you know, because then yeah. if you know the guy, it's like he has that where he doesn't ever blow up because he's just the dude from down the street. Mm-hmm. You know, and with me, I'm the dude on People Street. Everybody knows me. You know what I mean? So it's the same kind of thing. It's like you don't ever really get a chance to blow up in your hometown ever. I've seen even. Kane and the Kumi Kings guys and all that shit. Like they, you know, they still like people, you know, they're still homies to somebody, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's cool. It's a gift and a curse. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm not, I'm telling you when I came down, I was like, this is dope yeah. down here. It's real cool. Yeah. And coming down in 2022 after all the shit, you know, everybody went through, I'm seeing like the same kind of vision I saw when I first came down. And I think, I think I told you when I was first walking around down here, I was like, as Austin gets more and more crowded and yeah. crazy and techy and all this, like this, we need another, you know, this could be the, this, this is a spot. Man. I mean, like, it, if you're going to go somewhere property, in Texas, yeah, you know, there's water, right. If you're going to go somewhere in Texas, I, I feel like Corpus is definitely, if you're thinking about moving from Austin or from Houston or from Dallas or from LA or wherever, and you're, you want to go somewhere that's not too expensive and it's not so fucking congested yeah right corpus is definitely the spot because corpus has i mean the beach is cool you know what i mean you can go to the beach anytime you want i'm not necessarily a beach person but like i like the fact that it's two blocks away you know what i'm saying 
And uh, and you can always kind of go and refresh and, like, go out there and just, like, oof, you know, this is, like, crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you look at the water, it's like, yo, this is wild. Like, no telling what's going on in there. <laughs> you no, know what sure. I mean? But it also, like, refreshes your body and, and like, just kind of gives you that energy to kind of, like, all right, now, now what can we do? You know, and um, you don't really get that in Houston. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can't. And you can't really get that in, in Dallas or any of those other places of of course, there's the there's the give and take, you know, like you got the quality of life over there. Where you, anywhere you can, you can walk into every corner, and there's a coffee shop, and there's like you know a bookstore or something cool, like in every every part of town. But here we're still creating those things, and we're we're on the we're on the come up of kind of um, creating our own scene and our own lane. And and dude, like real honestly, like that's what we're doing. The people that are working at the city now are all young people that have mm-hmm. come from creating businesses downtown or real estate or things like that, that have tried to better the city in one way or another. And now they're in the, in the places where they need to be, you know what I mean? And that's dope. all helping each other out. And it, it really works. So I want to apologize in advance. Like if this podcast blows up and we ruin Corpus next, <laughs> I'm sorry. Apologies in advance. If everybody My bad, dog. And My runs, bad. runs down here, buys up all the shit. Shit. Your, this building's going to be worth a lot of money. I hope so, man. I hope so. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> But, man, I definitely appreciate your time and getting to sit down and talk to you, man. Thank you, bro. Yeah, we've been talking about doing this I for know, a long time. I so. know, long time, man. And it's just a matter of, uh, I mean, you got to see it. Like, I didn't, it's been. Yeah, you really got to see it. Like, I, a lot of people don't get it. Like, yeah. I always tell, like, I have a lawyer in Miami, Angie. She's a lover to death. I know she's Angie great, for a long time. Yeah, you, yeah, she's a great friend. You know how she is. But yeah. she's always like, oh, you're doing so good about this. And you're doing so good about this. I'm like, well, come visit me. Uh, yeah <laughs> and i get it you know what i'm saying like if you if you look at you know from the outside looking in it doesn't look miraculous but once you get here mm-hmm. and you you step into the building and you're like yo this is like something else you know what i mean well, i mean like even the drive wasn't so bad yeah it's like an yeah. easy drive down here right right from houston or from austin or especially <laughs> san antonio's nothing yeah, san antonio is like almost two hours away and that's it yeah it's quick it's easy easy yes sir well, if people want to get with you on the internet or get in touch, is there what's the best places? What's the socials and the contacts? L Dusty at L Dusty everything uh, except for Twitter. I'm at DJ Dust. Um, still, still, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my website has all my contact info on there, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you just reach out and I'll I'll talk to you. you know Excellent, man. Well, I definitely hope to see you live in concert again soon, man, and. Uh, I want to make this more regular. Come yeah, down dude. here. Yeah, come on anytime. Your house. Beach. This is your house. Let's for go. Sure. Appreciate it. Thank you as well, dear listener, for tuning in once again to Talk So Real with Matt Sanzala. This is uh this is number ten. Number ten. Number ten. We're we're rounding the curve. I don't know, uh I'm gonna try to get up to like at least five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Five thousand. Yeah. All right. Yes, definitely uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Tune in uh, on uh, for us on the socials. We're Talk So Realist, not on the Facebook, but uh, the other ones. We're out there. Thanks again, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. For sure. Peace.